0: It's an industry that I generally love, I have a passion for. I, I, I eat, sleep,
1: I live for fitness. No, you need to be obsessed. You need to wake up, think about it, you need to go to bed, think about your clients, think about your progress, think about what you can do better. Genuinely, like just be like patient and take your time. Like that that is like you've gotta take it all in, in the right steps. You've got a nail what you do in person before you go online. I don't like to talk about fear. The fears is usually something that makes your worries real. You are listening
2: to the Coaching Ignited show where we bring you stories and insights from coaches, fitness professionals and industry experts to help you expand your business and reach your goals. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. My name is Alex Povey. You can subscribe to the podcast on all your favorite apps including spotify and itunes the coaching ignited movement is on a mission to help coaches and personal trainers increase their sales and reach their full potential if you wanted to find out more please head over to coachingignited.com. and if you wanted to connect with us on social media all the details can be found in the show notes now let's get into today's show so today we've
0: got rob humphries um... On the show, and he's a personal trainer based over in Liverpool. And he's just going to give you a quick backstory about who he is and what he does. And uh, just want to thank you first of all for being here, Rob. Really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Fun uh, to be on a podcast for some time now, so it's something I can take off my list. So really appreciate it.
0: So, just give people a backstory. Give people a context of like where you are, where you're training, how long you've been in the industry, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So, in a quick. Brief, uh, obviously, my name's Rob. Uh, I'm only 20 years old, but I've been a PT uh, within the industry for over three years now. Uh, I've been training myself since I was about 14, 15. Um, And I'd like to think of myself as an evidence-based coach. So I basically tell people how it is. Uh, I don't lie to them. I obviously sell to them in an ethical way. Obviously, follow, learn from, and uh, get educated from a lot of the big influencers within the industry. So, likes of Phil Lenny, Mark McDonald. Hopefully, that rings a couple of bells with some of your listeners. Um, And yeah, like I said, I've been doing this since I was sixteen, seventeen, and I love it. Yeah, love it.
0: So, what was like the the spark that um, that kind of got you into fitness? Like, what was that that key moment, if there was one?
1: Yeah, yeah, there the, the definitely was one. Um, so basically, I never aligned with any sports growing up. Uh, I was never into football. I was never into like any any sports at all. I just It just bored me. But in the same breath, I was I really enjoyed being active, but like basic, so cycle and climbing. I was a huge superhero fan growing up, uh, especially Spider-Man. So I used to love climbing and running and being active, but applying that to a specific sport just didn't interest me. Um, and so... Didn't really do anything actual, seriously physical growing up, just like I said, messing about, climbing and all that kind of stuff. And then around the age of 14, 15, uh, two of my friends were actually going to the gym and they invited me along sometime. And despite as active as I was, I had a huge appetite, so I used to love just eating. (laughs) So I wasn't like the slimmest and fittest of kids. Uh, I just thought I was a a superhero, but got a chubby one. Um, But with that said, because I had a bit of like, kind of like, you know, beef on my frame, uh, I was quite strong for my age, so they were obviously doing the bench press. And so first day there, being a, a young male, obviously the first thing we done was the bench press, and I th- it wasn't like a huge amount of weight. But given the age, I think it might have been about forty kilograms in total, uh, and I could just rep that out. And that kind of made my friends stand back a little bit, and they were like, "Where did that come from?" And that for me was like the spark. That was like, "I'm actually good at something." Because again, prior to this, not I, I had no skill set with coordination so football was out like there's nothing work for me and that was the first time that I talked to something naturally and again it kind of made my friends stand back a little bit and that for me was like just addicted like I just loved it from the first rep
0: so like after getting that experience like what was the the next step like how did you actually get into personal training and what was the first like 12 months of your your business like
1: yeah, so obviously from that initial experience, I just, I, I knew there and then that I was going to be physically active for the rest of my life, even in a career. Um, so to fast forward a little bit, I basically applied at the gym I'm at now, um, and I basically applied there just simply wanting to get my foot in the door, and I literally applied, uh, again, we're talking like 15, 16 years old, to literally just clean the place, like I'll, I'll come in, I'll, I'll clean the toilet, I'll, I'll re-rack weights, I don't mind, I just want to get my foot in the door of a gym because uh, yeah know, it's graphed, built,
0: basically for
1: sure yeah exactly um and the owner of the gym uh who which i still work at the owner's name john and he saw a lot of potential in me because he obviously saw that passion he saw that i was taking shape a little bit and so he offered me an opportunity to get qualified as a pt and it was a 12-month course where i'd obviously be working for a lot of it for free and a lot of it for, for very little pay but it was essentially in return to get qualified so it saved me you know essentially like you know three thousand pounds So I was more than willing to do it, and so again, fast forward twelve months, qualified at the age of sixteen, and just started from there, and literally started out charging people twelve pounds an hour. Like for me, it was like that passion was just so strong that the financial sides of it, again, given my age, it wasn't like a huge, um, huge thing that I was really thinking about. It was just yeah, you know, as long as it's more than minimum wage, then and I can do what I love then like happy days. So I started out charging like £12 an hour and then over the three years it's obviously built up with experience and qualifications and this, that and the other. Um, But yeah, I mean, first 12 months was obviously hard. Uh, I, I kind of picked up my first client because with doing this 12 month course and helping out, I was doing a few classes and uh, at the end of one class one day, there was this woman and she's obviously been seeing me there the past couple of weeks and months and she just said like, uh, what, what, like uh, what's the deal? Like, What are you? Are you like a PT? Because uh, okay. again, and this is like, if, if I was to give you a picture, this was your typical hardcore gym. It was a warehouse. There was leaks in the ceiling. It was cold. There was punch bags. It was just like your Rocky style gym. Uh, so there was no like billboards. There was there, there was nothing for to really let people know at the time that I was a PT. Uh, and so she just kind of asked, and I just said, yeah, yeah, I'm a PT. Uh, she was like, how much do you charge? Uh, obviously, that being the first objective for most people. And I just said twelve pounds. Yeah. So she and she she jumped on it. I mean, you know, I bet, she, while, yeah, I bet she snapped your hand off at 12 quid. Oh, mate, literally, I didn't even finish my sentence. And she was like, yep, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and so started with her, and she's still a client to this day. Uh, and then from her, she referred to her mum. And then they started coming together, gave them like a little bit of a deal. Her mum still changed with me to this day. And then from there, it's just, you know, social media, referrals, word of mouth, results, good service. And yeah, just built it up from there. But it's always hard at the start. You've also got to get your name out there.
0: Yeah. So in terms of like those clients that you've got um, now, the the ones that you picked up uh, picked up at the early days, right? And that girl mm-hmm. you mentioned and her mum. Like, yeah. what do you think your secret to to keeping them right? Because that's that's a great attention. client retention. Like, that's yes. three years. You have kept the yes. same client for three years. Like, how? Like, what have you done to make sure that they stay with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, retention is like, like huge. Uh, I mean, and I'm not going to say in life to people like obviously like a handful of clients have come and gone, whether that's down to, you know, state of change, you know, readiness, all that kind of stuff. A lot of the time, it's just a lot of it's like personality. Like I think one of the hardest things for new PTs now, and it's, it's hard because you can't teach it is being like a people person and like mm-hmm. generally caring for someone. And that's something that you, you never get taught. You don't get taught that in your level three. You only get taught that through experience. Um, and there's a really good quote which says, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I, I think it comes down to, again, generally caring about the client, putting them first. And um, even it's it shouldn't be as basic. It should be like standard, but a lot of PTs don't do it. Even as simple as like truly tailoring the workout to the client based off what they've told you, based off their occupation. You know, so many PTs nowadays will still give the same workout plan to every client. And I've actually seen it where clients have come in hour on hour and I've literally witnessed the same workout back to back. And, you know, these people are paying you, you know, a fair bit of money. You know, PT is a luxury thing. They deserve to get a workout tailored for them specifically. And you've taken into consideration everything that they've told you. Again, occupation, what they like, what they dislike. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than seeing someone being put for a workout. You can you can just see in the face that they hate it. And so I think, and that's a big thing with trainers, that adherence is the biggest part. And that obviously links directly with client retention. You know, if you can make the clients actually enjoy the workout whilst getting results, then you know, why would they leave you? Unless you're, you know, again, you're providing a terrible service, you don't care about them, you're forgetting the name, you're forgetting the kids' names and, um, you know, just caring about them. Like, a good little thing I do is obviously each session's planned out uh, prior to them actually coming in, and I'll have a note section within their program. And within general chit-chat, I'll just make notes of whatever they're talking about, whether that's, like, I add, you know, it, it's my son's birthday next week or uh, I've got a, a party coming up this weekend. Make notes about it and adjust things accordingly. So whether that's, you know, or I've just got off a 12-hour night shift. <laughs> It, it would make sense to reduce the intensity, volume, whatever, of that session. Rather than just being like, oh, well, tough, you know, I'm going to gonna put you in the ground today. You know, really care about the client. I think that stands out. As sad as it is because it's a service-based industry, like that should be standard. But being that person, it makes you stand out because, again, the client knows that you actually value them. And, yeah, that's just um, – I'd, I'd say that's the secret if, if there was one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally relate to that because um, I try and kind of run our business the same way. Like, I kind of mm-hmm. want to treat clients like family and friends because at the end of the day, for sure, you go, you're go you going through a journey together, like, you might as well be yeah. friends with these people. And if you can't yeah. gel and you can't get on in a friendship way, and maybe you're not the right people to train together, there's plenty of yeah. other people out there where you can have these good relationships with, right? But let's, yeah, for let's sure. look at, like, some of the lessons that you've learned whilst becoming a personal trainer because you've been in the industry for three years you must have learned quite a lot you must have made some mistakes and made and had some lessons like talk to me about those sorts of things
1: yeah i don't know where to start really um mistakes i mean let's be honest like if you're starting out you are going to make mistakes and that's obviously where you're going to learn whether that's something as simple or as innocent as double booking clients so being organized being very time management um, you know, I'm not sure what else to it's hard because when you go through the motions of it it's just like it's natural instinct so to think about what it is I do it's actually quite difficult um, I mean a lot of it's come from of, obviously um, paying for educational resources so one of the biggest influences in my life has been uh, Phil Learning's ACA, which is the Advanced Coaching Academy uh, and there's a, there's a business acumen in there and that kind of really teaches you about things that you wouldn't know. Uh, Even things like social media. Like I didn't realize the importance of social media until doing that course. Um, And again, time management. Um, I can't think of other mistakes.
0: So maybe maybe it's just the fact (sighs) that overlooking the the business side of things, because I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, right? They kind of overlook that it's a business, not just a personal training service. You need to be able to sell the product. So oh, if you can, can come can into think the of, industry,
1: yeah. I can think of now that you mention it, it's coming back to me. Um okay, so your clients aren't you, right? So again, a lot of us are in this because we're passionate about fitness and that's great, but you need to be passionate again about customer service and about, you know, the client. And I think I think a mistake that a lot of people make at the start is thinking that their client is them. And so that, you know, they think that their client is they're ready to, you know, meal prep, or they're, you know, willing to go to the gym four or five, you know, five times a week. And that's not the case. Like, again, if you're working with general pop, you, you've you got to think where the kind of a hierarchy of, you know, um, you know, where the gym is based within the hierarchy of priorities in their life. And I think a lot of people overlook of how it's not really a priority to them as, a much, as much as it is to us, you know? So and that kind of also links to the stuff that you post on social media. So at the start, you know, I always post like my training and my results rather than the client's training and the client's results. And I think a big mistake is a lot of trainers make it all about them, you know? I mean, don't yeah. me wrong; I'll, still post, some of, I'll still post some of my training now and again. But if I go onto your Instagram or Facebook and it's all just about you and it's your progress and it's your training – and it's, you know, look how dedicated I am. General Pop can't relate to that, so therefore they're not going to, you know, you need to be relatable, and that goes back to being a people person. If people can't relate to you, you don't have the same problems, and you just expect them to have meals at the ready, to take them everywhere with them, to go to the gym, to sacrifice family time. Like, you're you're so far mistaken, It's it's unreal. But I think that takes a long time to figure out, because we're so passionate, and everything's like, Meal prep, but like all that matters to us is looking the way we want to look or performing the way we want to look, and yeah. we forget that our clients have other more important things. You know, they have kids, they have work, typically a nine to five job. They're stressed. You know, they get really bad sleep, and so you bring them in and you give them this. You know, you you've just learned how to do supersets and drop sets and training to failure. You've started watching, you know, and Yates, and you're you know you're, you're giving them everything at once. And you're not taking into account, again, it goes back to caring about the client, you're not taking into account that they're not you, they're not going to get the recovery that you're getting. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes a lot of trainers make is, again, thinking that you know their client is just like them and they're literally the polar opposite.
0: Yeah, so there's a client expectation, isn't it? Expecting that For sure. the client's going to do X, Y, and Z, when in reality they've not got the mindset or approach to, no. to fitness and training as you have. As a personal yeah, yeah, trainer, yeah. so it's yeah. kind of like a bit of a disconnect, right? And it just comes down mm-hmm. to understanding your clients better, really, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. In term, in in terms of like um, like starting the business, like what were some of the mm-hmm. key things that you did to make sure that you keep growing? Because like it can be difficult first starting mm-hmm. out, but yeah. you yeah. you must have like thought of things to do and come up with strategies yeah, sure. and come up with like different ideas to get clients. Like talk to us about yeah, those sure. type of things. Like what were they?
1: Yeah, so I've done a few things. Uh obviously like uh you know elephants in the room. I, I'm fully aware that I started very young. You know, it it's gonna be a lot different for someone who's in the 40s with a mortgage and kids if they're just starting out. So I'm not gonna be naive and you know I, I could afford to be dirt cheap to start with. I could afford 12 pounds an hour because my outgoing's at 16, you know, 17 were, you know, mobile phone bills and keeping that was it. So I could afford to, you know, be quite cheap. But some of the strategies I'd done was one of them was I got loyalty cards. So I went to VistaPrint, made them myself, and essentially it, I got the idea from well, everywhere does them, Costa does them, I think that's where I got it from. So I'd get like a 10 stamp little card and for every session that they'd come to to get a stamp and the tenth one would be free. And that was to, that was to be an incentive for retention um i think there was actually a fifth one and a tenth like i think number five they got like a free protein shake so i'd take that out of my pocket and i'd pay for it but you know you do the maths they've spent like 70 80 pounds and i've gave them like two pound back but again it was to create retention and then the tenth one would be free so i done that i also done like two for one deal so again going back to that first client she was paying like you know 12 pounds an hour for herself i just said listen if you want to bring a friend or a family member along I'll do it for £10 each. So it's cheaper per client, but it's more per hour for you as the trainer. Um, so it's like a win-win all around, right? So I did that. Uh, what else did I do? I used to do competitions on Facebook quite a lot. So they could be anything. Like I did the, quite a fun one not too long ago. And I do certain fitness challenges. And I'd, I'd have people guess things. So, for example, uh, you know the aerosol bike? You know them? Like the mm. absolute devil of a piece of kit. Yeah. So I'd (laughs) so I'd have the camera uh, facing head on. I'd go max effort, max effort, and I'd have people guess within the comments what my speed might have been. And my trait of thought going into this was, and again, it's quite wrong looking back because going back to what I said before about, you know, it's not about me. But one, I thought as a byproduct, it's showing people that I practice what I preach, and I'm into fitness, and I, you know, I do things myself. And then two, it gets engagement because you know you'd get 20, 30 comments of people trying to guess how many miles per hour I got to. And then obviously, you know, at the end of it, you pick a winner, whoever got the closest to within one or two miles per hour or whatever it may be. They then get a free PT. From there, you've got content. You know, obviously with their permission, do you mind if I get a few recordings of, you know, whatever it is you're doing? Uh, And then obviously fingers crossed, they might continue with personal training with you. And then anything like that where you're doing something for free that's your opportunity not to sell but to literally give them everything like impeccable service you get there on time you've got high enthusiasm you again you take into account thoroughly what they actually want to do you're not just putting them through a workout you're putting them through something that is for them so that's your opportunity to really you know uh, make an example of what you have to offer for them um so obviously you know from there there's a potential upsell but I think Again, a lot of mistakes that a lot of trainers make is they get too, they get too desperate. They are, they're in that kind of scarcity zone where they're like, "I've got to make a sale," and it, it completely puts people off. Like, again, I was quite lucky because of my age, but I could afford to be relatively laid back. But even to this day, I still am. Like, I'm like the least salesy person you'll ever meet because it just—I had a bad experience actually when I got into fitness. I was 16 when I first like my first commercial gym, and it was Ali Fitness. And again, join there got a couple of free pts and again i'm only 16 done this free pt with this guy and then at the end of it he said if i just take a seat i'll be with you in a second and he came over and he basically has his sales script and his prices and is it right i'm 25 for the hour blah 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 and it's worth mentioning as well that the workout that we'd almost completely winged it wasn't tailored to me at all and then so he goes on shit, to basically <laughs> oh mate it was awful it was awful and uh, and then he goes to sell to me and you know i'm fully well, like like i was, like, Mate, I'm I'm 16. Like I don't have the finances to pay you 25 an hour for multiple hours a week, uh, and it just left a really sour taste in my mouth. And I think from there, it just thought I thought you know if I'm ever going to be a PT, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to sit people down, and um, you know, after a free incentive, and you know, try hard sell them basically. So I've oh, yeah. always left. Do you know what I mean? I've always left it. I mean, obviously, there's a time and place for selling. It's a job and a business at the end of the day but I've always made it clear that it's the client's choice and I've always, I've always been really transparent I've said look it's up to you uh, so at the end of like a free PT session I would say look it's up to you I'm not going to force you if you want to continue it's this 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 uh, xyz prices uh, but if not no worries don't worry about it and I think just giving them that kind of guarantee of like there's no pressure that made a big difference because uh, have have you heard of something called the uh, uh what's it called the reprocess? I oh, can't remember Reprosity effect, something like that. Have you heard of that before?
0: Pretty much like karma, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for similar, sure. It's similar thing. Yeah,
0: like what you put yeah. out, you get back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the reciprocity effect is basically like if you do something for free and you're kind about it, and you're just a good person in general, people are more kind of obliged to want to, you know, return the favour. So if you're just hard yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. So I think I, I was always aware of that, and so just saying, look, here's a free session. If you want to continue to this, if not, no worries. You've had a good session. Off you go. They're like, no, do you know what? Like, I saw the value in that. Like, yeah, let, let's do it. Um, so that's something else I do. On. Uh, what else I used to do?
0: I've, just on just, that point, there, I think, I think it comes down to the value though as well. Like, 100%, 100%. you're giving up front, you're giving up front value, right? So when when you yeah, give someone upfront value, you give without any sort of commitment attached to it. You're kind of letting people see, like what you were
1: exactly and, and that's exactly you it. are
0: kind of certainly yeah. positioning yourself as the person they want to train with but you're yeah. taking the pressure out of the situation to make it okay for them to say no to you but you're also yeah. making it easy for them to say yes to you because there's no pressure involved um yeah. but it's and the again, value they, like, the just,
1: value yeah and again if they, you've just it's, witnessed what you have to offer if you again if you give yeah. it all n- not not necessarily for, look here's the thing as well like even if they don't buy from you and they walk away You've planted that seed so that in six months' time when they do need someone, they're going to come to you. Not only that, but if they have a friend or family that's talking about they need to get in shape and like, oh, I need a PT, guess who they're going to recommend? If you've been good to them, you've shown, again, upfront value, then you're always front of mind to them. So you never really lose, you know? So, yeah, you've nothing to lose with giving value for free. Like, nothing at all. No, at, I, at I work, think everyone should leave with
0: value like yeah, leading sure. with value is the best way to to build a business anyway because yeah that's that's what you want to do you want to kind of over-deliver on the value and oh, people definitely. then will yeah, see yeah. that you're a genuine person and they'll see your expertise and they'll yeah. feel more comfortable with working with you i see a lot of see a lot of people trying to hold back all their good stuff trying to kind yeah. of like
1: just give them a, know, a taste not the full thing yeah yeah
0: but they get trying to monetize every single piece of information when that's not really how the world works like you've got it's it's give and take you've got to give people some value. you've got to let them see like what they can gain in order for them to be enlightened to go actually that's something i do actually want same with test driving a car like you've got to test drive a car before you buy it don't just hit the forecourt and go yeah i'll take that one it's the same thing and i think a lot of people overlook that when it comes to the personal training side of things
1: yeah I, i i literally give like so much for free like even if i'm doing a social media post i'm not going to be there like i'll give them like a little bit of information but like i'll literally give everything everything i've learned everything i know because here's the thing again you're you're displaying what you know you're displaying that you have value if you're there just giving them a little bit then again it's just it's just not the way it's just not the way at all just give them everything you've got because what what what, what what they're sorry, what's just going what they're paying for is that structure. Like you can give them all the pieces and you can give them all the information, but you're then there to be hired to put it in order for them, essentially, you know?
0: Yeah. So let's let's talk about your social media because obviously that's how we connected. So yeah, we, we both agree that it's a powerful way to kind of promote yourself and get known and build a brand and kind of just create more opportunities for yourself. And you you do tons of videos, you you pump out a ton of value, just like I was speaking about, but like mm. like talk to me about it, like what's your thought process behind doing it, is it just something you enjoy is it like a strategical thing, like
1: uh, like talk to me I about mean, the social thing I, so, I've only really started doing like video content, the past like year or so um, I generally enjoy it like, I think again, a, a lot of this will always come back to passion um, I, I generally, like, I could talk all day about nutrition and training. And so being on video, I, it, for me, it's just, like, venting what I know. And I enjoy it. So there is a passion side of it. So, so video content, for me, now has become my favorable, um, like, way of doing it. Because, again, people get to see me face-to-face talking what I have to value, what I have to offer. Again, it's social proof. People know what I'm talking about. I like to add a lot of humor into my content. So humor appeal is huge because another thing that gets overlooked uh, as a as a PT business is personality. And it doesn't matter how good you are. If someone generally does not like in spending time with you, it doesn't matter how great you are. You're, they're not going to spend two or three hours a week with you. So you need to be likable. You just, you just do. And I'm not saying I'm like this perfect person. People love spending time with me. But you need to have... You know, a little bit of like banter about you, a little bit of conversation. You, it's going to be very not impossible, and this is just my opinion, but it's going to be very difficult if you're quite introverted and you can't make a conversation, you can't keep a conversation going. Because again, it doesn't matter how great you are, you know, people spending up to three hours a week with you, you know, if not more. So you need to get on. And so I try kind of traverse that into my content. So I do make it quite funny. I make it likable. I'll add little clips in there from film clips just to make the engagement a little bit better. But there's always a message behind it. It's always there to, again, add value and actually give someone the answer from what they're asking. So what I tend to do is my content ideas will either come from something I've just read about or, or watched or listened to or learned or the questions I get on the gym floor or through inboxes or from clients because some James Smith, uh, whether listeners have heard of him or not, He's, he's quite big now. I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of him. He's quite controversial. But I went to a seminar with his, and one of the things he said to me was, "If one client asks you a question, whatever it may be, I can guarantee you that another ten people are also wondering it, but they're just too nervous to ask." So as soon as mm. someone asks you a question, do you know what I mean? So even if it's something like, "Is bread bad?" If if you know if if if, if Sharon's asking that, I can guarantee you that Joe and Dave and everyone else is wondering the same <laughs> Yeah, <thing. laughs>
0: yeah so, totally. So
1: it gives you a good outlet to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a PT, it's going to be very hard to ever run out of content ideas. You get it all the time, you know. Um, And so I'd make a video on that, and I'd I'd imagine, so again, I'd imagine my avatar, i.e. the the client I'm talking about, that's who the video would be for. It would be for that person who's asked it. So it would be in their language that they understand, which is huge. Again, that comes down to really knowing who your avatar is. It will be quite funny to so they engage with it. But again, at the end of the day, their question is getting answered. They can walk away from that with value. And then once again, I've planted that seed because they're going to share it. And what you'll find is people will agglomerate with people like them. So they're going to share it with their friends. And now their friends, they understand it because it's in their language. And it's what they also wonder on a day-to-day basis. And So a lot of thought does go into it more than people might think. Um, but there's just so much value from putting content out, and and it doesn't have to be video. Like you need to do what works for you. Whether that's writing articles, maybe it's creating like memes. But for me, again, being quite like a people person, I enjoy being on camera and talking directly to the the audience.
0: Got yeah. So we've probably got like a couple more questions to squeeze in, but I just want to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Because oh, no. there's uh, a company, <laughs> there's a company that's getting slammed in uh, by everyone on social at the moment, and you've probably got your own views about it. Um, if you're loads. a personal trainer, um, but what are your views on Herbalife?
1: Fuck terrible, <laughs> mate. Terrible. Like, I think people need to realise what an MLM scheme is. It's 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 not illegal. It's not a pyramid scheme per se but it's all based off making commission. And the the, the Herbalife coaches, uh, in quotation marks, they're not qualified. Sure, there might be the odd one or two that are actually PTs, but let's be honest, they're probably selling that shit because they're not too good at the other stuff. But the majority, they've got no idea what they're talking about. And again, it's just designed to make a quick book. And at the end of the day, things like that, they're supplements. And if you were to look at the hierarchy of importance, it would go energy balance, calories, macronutrients, micronutrients, meal timing, and then supplements. Like supplements is the last thing you need to be worried about. So whenever someone's selling supplements as the, you know, at, at, at the forefront, like that's the the be all and end all. It's just a, a massive red flag. Yeah, like don't don't ever buy Herbalife. Don't listen to the coaches. Like unfollow any. Like if your friends from two years ago starts popping up about an opportunity, <laughs> unf- unf- unfollow them, just unfollow them. <laughs> Cut,
0: them <laughs> loose, Cut them loose, guys. Cut loose. Awesome. Oh, so, um, <laughs> it is, uh, It's a big to- topic at the moment, mate. So um, in Huge. terms of like wrapping things up at the moment, um, what would be sort of your final words? Anyone maybe looking to get into personal training, maybe starting out as young as you did, um, mm. any words, words of advice to those people um, looking to get started in the industry?
1: Uh, patience like patience Um, like it goes back to like delayed gratification like just because you're qualified it does not mean there's going to be a line of people waiting for you like this takes time focus on getting your first client and just giving them everything try not get kind of like client greedy and get one client yeah okay you're good there where's the next one give that first client like everything you've got all your nutrition knowledge wherever it may be don't bullshit people like only speak at the level you're at with that said, you need to keep learning. Like again, just because you're level three qualified, like you're literally just starting, you need to continue educating yourself. So, a, a few kind of people to throw out to you: Phil Lerny, Martin McDonald, uh, James Smith, Alan Aragon, Eric Helms, just to name a few. Like, start following what I'd call evidence-based practitioners, and unfollow the you know the the sales gurus who are trying to tell you that you know, lemon water is is, you know, gonna detox and fat cell. Like unfollow them people, get your path clear, get your mind straight. Learn the craft and at the same time add as much value as you can to the client, both in person, but also on social media. Like if you're not on social media, I hate to say it, but like no one knows about you. Sure, the people within your facility might, a couple of clients might, but outside of that jurisdiction, like no one knows who you are. You need to get yourself either on front of a camera or behind an article or something where you can again add value get people to share it get your friends get your family to share it again make sure what you're saying is factual don't just make up stuff up learn what you know what you do know share it and never stop learning like again I, i've 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 been in it since 1415 um I, i've been learning since then and i still like i'm i'm still learning I'm, I'm, I'm about to do a nutrition course next year which is just under two and a half thousand pound like you need to be willing to invest in you because at the end of the day as a pt you're the driving force for your business like it all comes down to you so just give it your all <laughs> you know
0: yeah thank, thank you so much for sharing that um, i really appreciate you being here and doing this podcast I'm going to stick yeah, some links nice. um, in the description so people can find you, particularly on Instagram, guys. So you should go check them out because you've got some awesome videos. Um, but where can people find you? Just just let everyone know where they can find you, bud.
1: Yeah, so I only rarely use Instagram, like Alex said, and Facebook. And they're both under Rob Humphreys Coaching. Instagram will be Rob underscore Humphreys underscore coaching. Uh, and I kind of tend to put content on both of them. Again, I'm not really on Twitter. Um, I'm on YouTube as well, uh, just Rob Humphrey's PT, and I kind of see YouTube as a vault for all the video content I do. It'll be uploaded directly to Facebook and Instagram, but obviously, as the news feeds uh, moves on, it goes to the bottom. So everything's directed, uh, uploaded directly to YouTube as a vault. So all the video content I ever do is up there, and again, that's just where I tend to add value, educate the people that I work with. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's some good stuff on there, definitely.
0: Great stuff. Thank you so much, Rob. Really appreciate it. And um, no, enjoy the rest you. of your day. And we'll chat soon.
1: Definitely. All right. Take care. Thank you. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye
2: thanks for tuning into the show i hope you enjoyed it guys if you did head over to your favorite app and leave us a short review i'd really appreciate that and if you wanted to learn more about our products and services head over to coachingignited.com and if you wanted an awesome website built for your coaching business head over to our partner company servectamedia.com that's all from me see you soon